couple of weeks ago, I was talking, I'm going to share this morning from Matthew chapter 5. And um, a couple of weeks ago, was it last week actually, my message for, last, for this week was actually preached last week because a certain person was sick and <coughs> we won't mention names. But I was talking about realignment and how, how God wants to um, get us in line with him. And I talked about how in a car, you know, it needs an alignment every so often because otherwise it causes terrible wear and tear on the um, tyres, doesn't it? You know, so every t- so often we need a, um, a realignment so that our life, we don't have too much wear and tear. <coughs> and every time, you know, every so often it's good to have a checkup. And I shared with you that the best change is an internal change. It's change that comes from the inside. No one likes to be told what they've got to change, where they need to change, what they've got to do. The best change is always the internal change. And so as a Christian life, to, to save wear and tear on our lives, when we're doing things that are causing wear and tear... The best change, the best way to be realigned is for the Holy Spirit to speak to us on the inside rather than have, have someone say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be living like that. You know, that's just, you, you can't live life like that. It's the best way, you can, but it's not the best way to live. The best way is when the Holy Ghost speaks to us on the inside. Do you agree with that? Well, I was reading <clears throat> a couple of things um, this week and Matthew chapter 5 is where I want to probably look at the whole chapter, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you because... Those of you who are familiar would understand that it's about the Beatitudes. But we've been looking at next steps. And so the thought here is, you know, with the kingdom, it starts out, Jesus is talking to um, the multitudes. It says in verse 1, Seeing the multitudes, he went up onto the mountain, and then when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and then he began to teach them. And so Matthew chapter 5 opens with God saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, and um, telling about all the great things um, about the kingdom. But the interesting thing is that when it gets to the end of the chapter, he tells them this. He says, verse 48, therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. And I suddenly you look at that and you go, from the beginning of that chapter and you God's promising all these wonderful things. And you get to the end of the chapter and God's saying, now, I just want you to do one or two things. And, you know, even in the book of Genesis, when God gave the covenant to Abraham, he said, I will make you, I will bless you and I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. That was Genesis chapter 12. When it gets to Genesis 17, he says, and you shall teach these commandments to your children and to these statutes from generation to generation. And so when we first step into the kingdom of God, God pours out blessings and he says, you know, and you sit there and go, this is just awesome. But somewhere along the line, all of a sudden it's like God starts to tweak a few things and he says, hmm, now what about that, you know? And he starts to speak to our hearts and he says, Here's a little commandment, you know, I want you to live like this. And sometimes, you know, we look at the Christian life and somewhere along the line, maybe a bit of disillusionment settles in. You think, what happened to this? This was all great and it was wonderful and I was just blessed, blessed, blessed. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got to change this. Oh, I've got to get up now and go to 5 a.m. prayer meeting. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. You've got to do these things. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to speak on the inside about little things that we need to change. See, the kingdom of God it starts out with wonderful blessings. And it's true. There's blessing. And it's still the best kingdom in the whole world. I'm glad I'm a part of the kingdom of God. 
don't want to be belong to any other kingdom. But with the kingdom, there is a cost. And people sometimes do not evaluate the cost when they come. Jesus said to, the, to people, he said, you've got to count the cost. You've got to deny yourself and follow me. But sometimes people are saying, I just want to come into the kingdom. I want the blessings. Yeah, that's what I want. And sadly, some of the pulpits preach that, that God will just bless your life. Well, that's only half the coin. It's only half the story. The other side is, be ye perfect as I am perfect. And you go, oh, I don't know whether I really want this. And I was reading a couple of articles this week that kind of disturbed me in Charisma magazine and two Christian leaders, music leaders in America have disavowed their faith. These are people who are in ministry, leading worship, who have turned around and said, I don't think I believe anymore. So it's almost like, where do people start off saying, man, this kingdom is awesome, I'm being blessed, everything is good, to getting to the place where they just suddenly become so disillusioned on their journey and they can't get to the end of chapter 5, which says, be perfect. Maybe God's fingering things in their life and says, you know, or they just get to a place where they just feel like they're going through the motions and they think, oh, it's all too hard. Well, they missed the part where Jesus said, be ye perfect as, I, as your Father in heaven is perfect. There's some things you've got to count the cost here. There's some things you've got to take into account. And, and I thought for ourselves, you know, how is it do we keep ourselves in the faith in this journey of, of perfection? You know, what is this kingdom, the advantages that it offers, who it belongs to us, and what is required of those who belong to it? What are its laws and obligations? And I could go down the whole pathway of grace there, but I'm not going to because that might get me into just far too much trouble. But, you know, there is an expectation that change is going to come as we walk into the kingdom. It's not just all about you getting blessed. It's not just about what God can give you, but it's about what you will do with what he gives you. So there's, as we look through this story, or this, um, as, as we look through Matthew chapter 5, there's three expectations that, oh, maybe there's a few more actually. Three expectations for followers of the kingdom. He says this. Number one, we're to be the salt of the earth. Number two, we're to be the light of the world. He also says, number three, do not murder. And then he goes in verse 22, I say, don't even be angry. You go, ah, okay, strike. <laughs> I've struck out already. You know, number four, do not commit adultery. But he said, Jesus said to them, I say to you, don't even look. Don't even look at a woman. Oh, you just Can you imagine the pressure? And then last one, five, in verse 43, he says, love your enemies. How good is that one? Can I ask you, when you're in church here, it's pretty easy to love everybody, isn't it? You know? You sit there and think, oh, I can look around here and I think, oh, you may be one or two. No, <laughs> no. we can love people. So, but my question is, where, where along our walk, somewhere there when God says, I want you to go and pay for that person's meal, and you say, but I don't even like that person. And we get challenged on the inside and the Holy Ghost starts to speak to us. We have to renew our mind according to the word of God. We, we, the, the kingdom of God has to shift from a self-focus to a God-focus. 
we've got to move from, from a, and, and shift into a different perspective and see things differently. We can't be self-focused. We might start off in the kingdom and it's all about me and how many of you as Christians, you know, when you first got saved, man, God answered every prayer. God was so good. You think, man, I just love this kingdom stuff. This is awesome. God is so good. And then somewhere along there you think, is God actually even listening to me anymore? And, and, and God starts to take the bell. You know, you've heard the illustration where all of a sudden we ring the bell all the time. But somewhere along the line, God takes the bell off you and he starts to ring it and you've got to start to respond to him. And I think many Christians can sometimes get quite disillusioned in that journey. And Jesus says that people do fall away. And, um, you know, he told the rich young ruler what to do and he went away sorrowful. He said, oh, geez, I don't know whether I want to count the cost. And so... Here we are saying next steps. You know, I thought it might challenge us a little bit so that we walk, um, say, what is God saying to us um, in, these, in this time? You know, how are we walking? So let's just turn to Ephesians 4. And I'm going to get Bree to come up shortly and just share and conclude this message. Because the next step is always to be renewing our mind. It's one of the key things. Sometimes we get stuck. I was looking today at the Israelites. They got stuck at one stage when they came out of Egypt at a place called Elam, and it was pretty comfortable. But the place behind them was called Mara, which means bitterness. The place in front of them was the wilderness of sin. So can I say to you that if you're stuck, you're actually in danger of a couple of things. With the kingdom of God, you've got to continually be moving forward. If you're not, you will go backwards. So in other words, you can't sit in church and just think, oh, what a good little Vegemite am I. I'm just going to church. It's what you do every day. It's what the Holy Spirit says to you every day. And if there isn't an evolving in your Christian life, then can I say you're stuck? And many Christians get stuck. And dare I say that some of these leaders who serve in church, and my challenge is to my musicians, is are you just serving in church? Or is God speaking to you every morning? Is God saying to you what your next step is every day? Not just here on Sunday. Because you're in danger of getting stuck, even though you're in a church. You can park yourself at a church, doesn't You can park a car in a garage. You can park yourself in a garage. It won't make you a car. You can walk like a duck, talk like a duck, you know. You can say all the right things, but you ain't a duck. Okay? You can say all the right Christianese things, but the bottom line is that if there is not this inward change, this constant evolving and renewing of your mind, then you ain't a duck. Even if you're sitting in church. That's a scary thing. We've got a generation now who are sitting in church that I think ain't ducks. They're just going through the motions. Friend, don't go through the motions. Let God get a hold of you and shake the tree. Let him get a hold of you and speak to you in worship and make you go out and say, you're supposed to be the salt of the earth. What did you do last week as salt? Or did you just get trampled underfoot? Did you get spoken to? Did somebody have a conversation with you and you just shrunk like a violet and said, oh, I don't want to say anything, I might offend them? You can't do that. He says, you are salt, you've got to be salt. He says, you've got to be light, you're out there, you're a light. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't walk around in your workplace and think, oh, I'm not going to let on that I'm a Christian, you know, I'm just going to be a closet Christian. You're a light, you're called to be. You don't have to do light. 
You don't have to do lighting. You are lighting. <laughs> okay? Flick the switch on and just be. You don't have to. So let me just have a look at Ephesians 4.13. Twenty-three, twenty-two. Let's start there. <clears throat> but you have not so learned of Christ, if indeed you have heard from him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and in true holiness. Three things that you've got to do. You must shift from a self-consciousness to a God-consciousness and become more aware and thinking about what God wants to say and do in your life than you think and say and do about your life, right? And you've got to say, I've got to put off the old man. I've got to change the way I think and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Being renewed in the spirit of mind means that there's pathways that have been carved in your life over years and it's like... You know, when I was a kid on the farm, there was tyre tracks down to the shed. And when the floods came, the water had run down those tyre tracks and we'd all run out in our bare feet and our raincoats and hats on and sail matchsticks down there and have races. It was great fun because these tracks were carved in the, <coughs> in the dirt and it was just fantastic, you know, you just have these little... But see, there's things like that in your mind. There's tracks that are carved in your mind and when you get saved, you've got to put them off. In other words, you've got to stop the flow... And start to think differently. You've got to renew your mind. And some of it is subconscious. A lot of it is subconscious, in fact. People will come in here and they'll say, this is who I am. Oh, I'm, I don't have to do that. Let me take, for instance, I am, <clears throat> we're, we're teaching at the moment at our prayer meetings how to be priests unto our God. And we stand in our priestly garments and we speak blessing, say, over our family, over our children. I know people who'd stand up and say, oh, I can't do that. That's just not me. Well, that sounds an awful lot like a stinky old man to me. <laughs> Does not sound like the new man. Because he says, you've got to put off the old thinking. And he says, now, this is who you are. I've made you a royal priesthood. I want you to stand, men, and speak blessing over your wife, your children, your family, the future generations. That's who I've called you to be. And all of a sudden, you've got to go, oh, that's the old man. I've got to put on the new man. I've got to start to renew my mind and think differently. Can I say the challenge there to think differently is not going to come just because you're told to do it. It comes because the Spirit of God convicts you on the inside and you think, I have got to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. You've got to arrest the, the thinking that is keeping you in the old ways and be transformed. And I say to you that if you do not... You will get stuck, even though you sit in church, and you might quack and waddle and everything else, but you ain't a duck. You might talk the talk, you might sit and sing and lift up your hands even, but you ain't a Christian because something's dead in here. You're stuck on the inside. You've got to let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you and renew you and change you. Bree had some conversations this week, and God was really speaking to her. She said, man, God's got my attention and I want to just come and share what God spoke to her about renewing the mind. Yeah, so I'm so excited because I just feel like the Lord is speaking in this season and who just loves that our church is a, has a prophetic culture. 
Like, I'm so thankful for that. And who here has had a prophetic word or heard the voice of the Lord for themselves in just the right time, just the right season? And um, I just want to encourage you that the Lord is speaking in every season. So uh, just be aware of that. And this week I had three conversations with friends and their friends, and there was just a common thread with it all. And it was, the common thread was relationships. But my response to it all, as I'm hearing the voice of the Lord through these conversations, and he's just saying, these guys have to renew their mind. It's that simple. Just renew your mind. And so I'm going to unpack that a little bit just in 10 minutes. So it's going to be a little bit brief. But I'm excited about the revelation that has come from this. And these people are Christian and non-Christian. Crazy. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So it can be common. It's just so common in society. And everything comes through your mind. And I think Dave Harney preached on that one Sunday that everything comes through your mind and we have to filter it through. So we have to become aware. We have Because as Holy Spirit beings, we have to be Holy Spirit led. And so as things come through our minds, we have to filter it through. We have to be aware, okay, is this a kingdom thought or is this not of the kingdom? Now, kingdom thoughts are truth and if there's a lie, then that will lead to death. So I have to now be aware and be like, okay, what am I going to listen to? What am I going to partner with? Am I going to partner with the kingdom or am I going to partner with something else, whether that be fear, whether that be anxiety, whether that be stress? And sometimes, like mum said, it's uh, we're conscious of it or we're not conscious of it. But let's be conscious of it. And so one particular friend, she's sitting in my lounge room this week and we're having, uh, we're having a chat and it's about her relationships and she starts talking to me and she's like, Brie, you know, I just want to have a relationship and I want to get married and I want to have the kids and, you know, some of you can relate, some of you can't <laughs> and that's all right. But you, this is your personal journey, so you take it for your season And she just said, but I'm really struggling. I need this breakthrough. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I'm having these doors open. So these guys are trying to pursue me. But then she's like, but I I just keep doing what I've always done. And I'm just, I just get scared and I run away. And I'm like, okay, well, it sounds like you're partnering with fear. Am I right? She's like, whoa, I never thought of that. Yeah, I'm partnering with fear. I'm just doing what I've always done. And I, and I was like, but you, it sounds like you want to be more bold. She's like, yeah, I want to be more bold. I want to be able to step out and I want to see breakthrough in this area. Because she's like, can you just impart your confidence, impart your boldness? And that's all well and true, but it all comes through the mind as well. We've got to take, there's got to be a time where we have to take responsibility for ourselves with what we're partnering through our thoughts. Guys, this, we're not, we're not wrestling against uh, flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers here. So we've got to be aware. We've got to be spirit-led beings. We've got to be conscious of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And I was just really encouraged because, you know, the Lord is speaking to the the Christians and the non-Christians and he's saying, guys, like, I'm here. I want to work through you. I want to talk through you. But if you're going to partner with a lie, then I can't. That's a roadblock. I cannot work through a lie. So let's break through the lies. Let's partner with the truth. 
Let's renew our mind daily. And for some of you, you're going to have to renew your mind multiple times during the day. Hey, I'm preaching to myself here too. Like we just, we've got to renew our mind. And so I just challenge you, you guys today as you walk out, just ask yourself, all right, next thought that comes, is this a kingdom thought or is this a lie? And what am I going to partner with today? Because the Lord wants to speak and he wants to do mighty things through you. And he wants to see personal, he wants to see your personal breakthrough. He wants to partner with what you're doing. So let's be kingdom people. Let's be spirit-led people. And let's partner with the right things when they come into our mind. Thank you. I just realized I took off my microphone. So what's your next step? You know, as we close today, I want to ask you that. You know, is there, is there somewhere in your heart you're saying, you know what, I need to be less self-conscious and I need to take a shift and become God-conscious. And, and like Bree said, partner with him, not with my own thoughts. There's got to become a dying to yourself, a complete change of thinking. You know, people say when you come to, I've, I've noticed this in, in years of ministry, that when you come and you give your life to Christ, there comes a transformation. There's a putting off of the old. The next step, you have being water baptized, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, letting God fill you. See, it's alien to us and to our thinking. But are you going to put off the old man and say, okay, I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to put off that old thinking. I'm going to step into the next thing that God has for me. It might be, you know, a simple thing. It, I, I was listening to Robert Schuller and very early this morning and um, it was really good and he was talking about uh, the birthright and he said, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to be wise, do the right thing and be good, you know, to step walk in the blessing. You know, what is God saying to you? It might be just some little simple thing. He said, you know, just use some wisdom here. Be wise about that. And, and, the, and the easiest one is really, is it the right thing? You know, sometimes our emotions get clouded and we want to walk in the old man. We want to, we don't want to be kind to those that hurt us. We want to do the wrong thing. We want to be vengeful. But, you know, God says, what's the right thing? I learned that when I first got married. I can remember Peter saying to me, I'd say, but they haven't given that back to you. And he said, it doesn't matter. Let it go. And I think that was probably my very first lesson in not learning to harbour grudges against people that would do the wrong thing by me. And that's happened time and time again over my life. You know, we've got to learn to do the right thing. What's the thing that the Holy Spirit is saying to you? What's the next step? Let's stand and just sing this song just for a moment. Let the Holy Ghost just speak to your heart. There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between
you know, if the Holy Ghost is speaking to you and you say, hey, there's an area I need to take a step forward. You know, I need to be salt. I need to be light. I need to forgive somebody. I want you to come and stand over this side. You know, if you need a prophetic word this morning, then this team will be here for you to receive prophetic encouragement. That will be to my right. But, you know, as the song is sung again, can I challenge you? Don't stay stuck. Don't say it's okay for me just to come to church. You've got to be moving forward. If you're not moving forward, I'm challenging you today, then you're stuck. You need to take a step. You might say, I'm coming out here because I don't want to be stuck anymore. I don't know what my next step is. Go and get a prophetic word. Ask God to speak to you, but don't stay where you are because it's dangerous to stay where you are. That, that, that's where people fall into disillusionment. That's where you fall away. You've got to keep moving. <laughs> 